How did the rookies for the Dallas Cowboys perform in their first preseason game? All that and more in this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. I am Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. He is Landon McCool. Check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, the first preseason game has come and gone. People are in a great mood. Nobody's panicking at all. (laughs) How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I mean, I am fully freaked out about every single little thing that I saw, and it's a full confirmation of all my previous biases and and uh, narratives. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited to actually talk about what I saw in preseason football. Uh, I'm not excited to talk about what I saw on preseason football Twitter. Uh, do you want to do 15 seconds on penalties because that was the big story coming out of the game? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, we don't have to listen. A lot yeah. of the penalties were just stupid, and I know people get concerned about it because they had so many in, you know, the playoff game last year. But it's week one of the preseason, and seventy-five percent of the guys that played aren't going to make the roster. So, I mean, again, there's a whole lot of talk about the people that uh, that committed the penalties, and not a lot of talk about the people that called all the penalties. And uh, maybe we should uh, have a conversation about. No one wants to have that conversation. Well, you, you, if you want to listen to that one, you can go to Locked On Referees. Uh, the yeah. channel over there. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's talk about the Cowboys rookie class. Uh, let's start with Tyler Smith, who. I thought had a very up and down day, mostly up, right? I, I think he played very well. You could see the power. You could see the athleticism. He did get called for two holding calls. One, I think he deserved. The other one, not so much. Uh, but what were your overall takeaways from Tyler Smith at left guard? I, I keep hearing people talk about an up and down day. And I, I mean, to me, he had a fantastic day. I, I think he had one holding call, like you mentioned, that was legitimate, Another one, which he was just destroying a linebacker, and the they, you know, they they decided not to they decided to throw the flag on there. Um, you know, we saw four or five different times Cowboys defensive ends uh, getting blocked in a similar manner, not getting penalties called on them. So on the offensive tackle, so uh, I thought he played fantastic. He showed you exactly the kind of athleticism that you get with him. He showed, showed you the kind of physicality and toughness and strength. He was moving bodies. He was getting to where he needed to be. Um, I think, you know, even going back and looking at that uh, fourth down uh, sack or, or incompletion, I kind of think that that might have been Biotish. The, the, the issue was it was just like they did a half slide mm-hmm. and they didn't account for the guy that was right on Biotish's nose. Um, and I also think that Dak would have would have eliminated that. I think part of that issue was uh, just a lack of identification on, on what they needed to do with their slide. But I thought overall he had a really, really good day. I showed you the kind of player that he's going to be and showed you the kind of benefit that he gives this Cowboys running game when he's in there. Um, and, and really, I think that the kind of the shocking thing was uh, how much better Connor McGovern played at right guard. Frankly, I, And I mean, that was I, like one of the things, this is like a real thing now. Like we've seen yeah. this during the 2020 season, 
week one of the 2021 season. Now again in the preseason, like he is a very below average left guard, but a pretty decent right guard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, I I think that, you know, as, as uh, the highlights should be Connor McGovern, he played fantastic. He think he showed you exactly what you're looking for, uh, for the future. Uh, He's still got some things to clean up. Of course, this is his first game. You know, look, this is his first NFL speed game. Like he's been taught all this stuff, you know, and then he gets in there and now he's getting full, you know, go to the ground uh, NFL speed at, at the preseason level, at least. Yeah. There's going to be times when he's going to be still trying to work out what he's doing a little bit. Oh yeah. And I think that's, you know, uh, the uh, defensive tackle redirecting while you've got a grip on him. That's a, that's a difficult thing to, you know, maintain a block and not hold. So it's just learning curve stuff, uh, but I think that overall he really, really showed you what an upgrade he's going to be uh, on that left guard. Not just a guy who can hold up, but a guy who can move bodies, uh, which is something that the Cowboys really need. So all in all, you were pleased by what you saw from Tyler Smith. Yeah, I think I think so. I mean, I think you saw again, like this isn't a finished product. This is a guy that's no, still, no. you know, halfway from where he was drafted to where he's going to be in the NFL. Uh, this is a, you know week one, so uh, I, I think the reps are going to increase uh, exponentially going forward. Uh, and I think as the reps can increase his, his, you know, his learning will, will increase as well. I think where he is right now show, bodes very well for where he needs to be. I think, uh, you know, week one, when, when we start go against Tampa Bay. Yeah. And what we really want to see here is improvement. We've got a baseline yeah. now of what we've seen against Denver, clean up some of the technical stuff and some of the footwork that you'll see an even better player, but if that's the starting point, you can work with it, right? It's, I, I don't think he's so far away that you can't play him as a rookie. No, and I think, again, the thing that we're like, he, you know, he's better than just good enough. He's a weapon. I mean, he's good. Like, yeah. you know, I, th- I think we need to raise the floor. I mean, we need to get, raise the floor of consistency. But this isn't a situation where, okay, his level, his high-level play is good enough. We just need to make sure he's not making mistakes. Like, this dude's going out there and kicking butt. Uh, and, and he just needs to kind of play at a, at a normal, consistent level that he's not going to get uh, penalties, that sort of thing, you know, at, a, at an unreasonable rate. And then we're going to reap the benefits of having an incredibly strong interior uh, offensive lineman on our team. All right, we're going to talk about the rest of the uh, the Cowboys rookie class. They got all the players that play. But before we do that, I want to tell you about better help. Life is full of twists and turns, and it's important to show up for yourself through it all. BetterHelp Online Therapy will assess your needs and can match you with your own licensed professional therapist in less than 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online, available to people worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist. You can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you don't even have to appear on camera if you don't want to. And getting therapy every week is as easy as a few clicks on your laptop or phone. With therapy, it can take a few tries to get the right fit for you. But BetterHelp makes it easy and it's free to change therapists as much as you need. It's more affordable than traditional offline therapy. And financial aid is available. BetterHelp is a great way to invest in yourself. And they've got a special offer for our listeners right now. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn. That is 10% off your first month of online therapy at betterhelp.com slash locked on. All right, let's talk about Sam Williams, who played uh, quite a few snaps, 33 snaps in this game. 
Uh, you saw the athleticism and the explosiveness on um, one of the hits that he had, which, I mean, I kind of think he got flagged for roughing the passer just by playing football. That's yep. a pretty clean hit. Um, what did you think about him? I thought he looked great. I mean, he's he's explosive. He's powerful. You know, they were using him even as a three technique at I times. I saw that. Yep, there was a third down where he was like lined up as a defensive tackle. Yep. I'm wondering if they aren't thinking about trying to use him in some sort of NASCAR package with Lawrence and, and Parsons all on the field at the same time. Um, so I, I think that that was very interesting. You saw him kind of, you know, playing all, all over because of that. I mean, inside and outside when he was outside, he was uh, bending the edge. He was getting good bursts. Um, he was explosive. He was powerful. He was lifting guys off the ground. Um, he's just, I think he's just further along than a lot of us kind of expected, you know, at least, as far as a uh, physical uh, specimen playing in the NFL. I mean, sometimes, like we said, these these kind of more explosive pass rushers, these guys, these speed guys, they don't have that power element to his game, but he, he seemingly does. So I still worry about him in the run a little bit. There was a goal line snap where he kind of got moved out of the way. But, like, man, the athleticism and the power that he can generate because of his explosiveness, and it's 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 a lot of fun to watch when it's working the right way. Yeah, he's not going to be able to take on double teams, but he's also not going to get blocked by a tight end. He's not going to, you know, and, and he's going to make tackles lives hell too in the run game. So it, I, I agree that, you know, he still is not maybe, you know, Demarcus Lawrence or anything no. like that. But but I think that he has way more than you normally anticipate, uh, uh, you know, the kind of bendy pass rushers having uh, in, in the run game right away. So I think they're, they're trying to find ways to use that power a little bit more. That's why you're seeing a little bit of the three technique stuff because he can kind of maybe handle some of those pass rush uh, snaps inside. But uh, overall, I think we saw just kind of a continuation of what we've seen of Sam Williams so far as a guy who, uh, you know, not only belongs, but looks like he may be ready for snaps sooner than, than, than kind of we expected. Yeah. yeah they're going to find ways to get him on the field and use yep. his speed. So uh, Jalen Tolbert, 40 snaps in this game, got several targets in the beginning of this game. Most of them were uncatchable, did drop a, a pass on fourth down. Um, I mean, it was a little bit of a hospital ball by Cooper Rush, but one that he needs to catch. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of Jalen Tolbert? I, I wouldn't say that Tolbert had a good game. You know, I think he looked I mean, a little what, overwhelmed. Well, and I will say that, I mean, going back and watching that tape, like, I mean, he was being mugged by those dbs the entire game and, and he only drew one pass interference in, uh penalty which is kind of shocking if you go back and watch the first three reps he had like the guys were all over him before the ball even arrived so yep. you know it, and and look i mean rush could have let's we could just pull back for a second cooper rush played absolutely terrible just like yep. i mean just it, not anticipating everything late on throws you know and then when you're late and you've got no arm you're not giving your your wide receivers any opportunities, really. Uh, but Tolbert, you know, it's like they forced a bunch of targets on him, um, and 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 Rush didn't seem comfortable necessarily throwing the, all of them to him. Uh, I thought, you know, he 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 had some issues, kind of kind of fighting through some of that stuff, which you know normally you you wouldn't hope that he would have to, but he, you know, this is the NFL, like that's gonna happen. You're, the, the, yeah. There's gonna be situations where. Those guys are gonna all be all up in you, and you gotta be. He, he needs to, to play through. better through contact. Like he just needs to get stronger. There. And I don't know that that was a problem for him in college. You know, like and it I mean, might be because of the level of competition. Maybe, right? like you, maybe you're just not seeing those caliber defensive backs. But I, I suspect I'm, now that he's got a game under his belt, kind of knows what the NFL yeah. physicality is like. 
he'll be better. We'll see. Uh, I also th- I also th- would just mention that I don't I don't know how many passes throughout training camp Tolbert took from Cooper Rush. Like you know, I mean, he was taking yeah. all first team reps since the spring to get, try to get him ready. So sure, I don't know that there's a lot of rapport there. Uh, let's just do a couple more rookies before we go on to some veterans. Um, I'll, I'll give you the floor on Jake Ferguson. I know you were impressed. Go ahead, man. Just I mean. We, I didn't get to see very much of him last week because he was injured. He was dealing with the hamstring stuff. So I didn't get to see him at training camp very much. Just a very uh, sound player. You know, like I, I think for a guy that's a rookie tight end, uh, I saw him as a point of attack blocker. was impressed that he wasn't just getting blown blown up there. As a receiver, he's just very smooth. He, he takes the ball in very well. And he gets up field very quickly. Um, you know, I, I think – I still he, don't think he's the most athletic guy in space. Like they ran a wider or a tight end screen for him and he had two blockers in front of him and he let a defensive back tackle him. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't like, that's not his game. His, that's not his game. Like I don't, I don't want him to get the ball and then being like trying to water bug his way through the secondary. Like that's just not going to happen. Like he, you get the ball and get North and South and, and kind of, you know, be run a, over a def- smaller linebacker. Get whatever yard you can. Let's move on to the next play. That's that's yeah. his role, right? And and I think you know as a good enough blocker. And I think that's 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 what we've seen is that he's to me. I was concerned that you know that he didn't. I was, I was concerned about his level of skill in general, especially if he's going to come in and play tight end too. You know, you you want a, a level of skill that that I just hadn't witnessed yet because of the injury. And it looks like he has, or at least he's on his way to that uh, right away. And I think he could potentially be a guy that's. Uh, a down roster weapon. So uh, I, I do like that aspect of him. I think we also have to, if we're going to finish up with, with rookies, yeah. we have to, we have to talk about Dennis Houston too. Um, you know, undrafted free agent rookie nonetheless, but the drumbeat still kind of continues there. He goes out there with the first team. He was open a couple of different times that Russ just completely didn't see him. Uh, and then finally made a huge, huge catch on third down to convert, uh, you know, the a third and I think it was 12 or something like that. So, uh, just, you know, again, not super flashy, but just continues to do it every single day and every single practice and every single opportunity. So you have to, you have to just, you know, put an eye on that because it, it, it's going to make a difference. Yeah. I mean, the guy that I wanted to mention was, uh, their cornerback, Deron Bland, who yep. they, uh, who played a bunch of snaps in this game. He had seven targets against them, uh, had allowed just one catch for two yards. He had three stops, four tackles and a pass deflection. He looked really good, uh, and we can talk about the other cornerbacks in a little bit, but he certainly didn't look overwhelmed out there. He played confidently. He had a really nice tackle on a screen. Theron Bland looks like a player, man. Yeah, he looks like he know, like he's comfortable out there. He wasn't overwhelmed by any of it, um, You know, not just in coverage, but kind of the other things, you know, coming downhill quickly to make a tackle, um, you know, just being physical. Uh, you saw several different aspects of his game that you, you need to see from a cornerback on the field, not just the coverage aspect. So uh, in, encouraging stuff from Deron Bland so far. Uh, all right. We're going to talk about some other players that just kind of caught our, our eye for either good or bad reasons. But before we do that, I'll tell you guys about bet online Bet online.net is the fastest and the easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. Find all of your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games, find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. 
Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, I'm going to just name some players. You just got to give me like one or two lines based on what you saw. Uh, Matt Farniak, Cowboys center. I think Farniak looks great. I, I, I honestly hope that Farniak gets more opportunity. Uh, I, I think he's I he's he's a guy that that you know doesn't didn't screw up anything you know that I could tell from my eyeballs. I don't know what the calls are, but he he looked uh, confident. He looked like he knew what he was doing. He looks like he made the right calls. He's big. He's strong. He's another guy that's going to be able to move bodies. He's not going to mm-hmm. get bullied in there. Um, you know, I understand Biadish is you know started taking steps near the end of the year. Um, but I think Farniak has earned an opportunity to kind of come in here and and, and at least see what he can do. I mean, I, 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 they're kind of setting him up as the swing interior guy. You saw him playing guard as well as center last night. Um, but I mean, I really think that you know his strength uh, is something that it's worth you know taking a look at to kind of keep that strong pocket. If really, if we want to become the kind of offensive line that we want to, uh, we might need more girth than at the center position. And I yeah. think having someone like Farniak in there is, is something that we should at least explore because I thought he really played a good game. And I would also say, I thought James Empey, the center from BYU, yep. played well. I don't know well enough to make the roster, but if the Cowboys are only going to keep one center on the practice squad, I, I would say he probably has a leg up on Lindstrom just through one preseason game. Again, I haven't been out at practice. You have. Just my thoughts. Um, tight ends. Peyton Hendershot and Jeremy Sprinkle. I think I, we should mention them together because one of those guys played well. <laughs> The other did not. Yeah, Hendershot had a, had a nice game. And uh, and Sprinkle is a guy that, you know, he's the vet. He's the one that you kind of signed as your floor. Um, but it does, you know, his struggles, you know, put you – the Cowboys kind of in a bad spot because they really need to make sure that they have somebody that they feel confident as um, a blocker. And if and if you can't you, – you feel like you, you can't – keep him on the team and you really want to keep Hendershot, you need to make sure that like someone between him or McEwen or Ferguson is going to be able to function in that role. Or you need to be able to plan <laughs> to use Connor McGovern a lot as a tight end. Yeah. So uh, I, I think that's the only thing that I would point out is that it does seem that, uh, you know, that kind of tight end that four, four pack of tight ends seems to be pretty clear on who the four best are. Uh, the the problem is is that Sprinkle kind of provides a different type of player than the rest of the other other four do, so you kind of lose that opportunity to have a player like that on your team. My, if, my if only concern, make- yeah, my concern with Sprinkle is he was not an athlete to begin with. Like he's just coming out of college. Like he's just this big tight end that was basically functioned as an extra offensive lineman. I think he's lost some of his athleticism since yeah, coming sure. into the league, and. Uh, now I'm wondering, like, is it really worth having that guy on the roster who gives you nothing as a receiver and maybe even a bit limited now as a blocker, right? I don't think you can put him in move situations. You, I think he almost has to be an inline tight end only. Man, I think I'd rather have Hendershot or keep Sean McEwen and play him more because those guys are just a little bit more athletic in space. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's without a doubt correct. I mean, I think if you look at who's – I think you're right that's, that he's kind of lost a little bit of his athleticism. Um, I think that you know, he didn't have a ton to begin with. Uh, I, I think the, the, I mean, the reason he's on the team is because he's by far the best blocking tight end, right? And, and you, you need that kind of role on the, on the team. Uh, not, not so much that you're going to cut any of these other guys, right, because these other guys are more talented, but – 
and I, and I don't think you should keep him simply because he's the best blocking tight end. But I think that if you aren't going to keep him, they need to have a plan for what they're going to do without him because they, yeah. they need to have tight ends who can block. And so they need to figure out if these other guys can be able to do function in that role as they need them, or they need to kind of come up with a, a schematic solution there, which again, it could include using an extra offensive lineman, whatever I didn't hate Jake Ferguson's blocking. I thought his blocking was no, fun. I think I look, and I think if, if Ferguson continues to block the way he does and, and, and you can still get something out of McEwen, you feel like we'll see as these games go on. I mean, tight end blocking is actually one of the things you can actually see in preseason games that, that mm-hmm. is actually a beneficial uh, uh, viewing point for, for that sort of thing. So if they can kind of continue that and, and make the Cowboys feel, you know, good enough about it that they feel like they can do, live without uh, uh, Jeremy Springer, uh, Sprinkle, <laughs> uh, then I think that, Jeremy Springer. Uh, yeah, well, if we could get him back, uh, why don't you bring up Jeremy Shockey while, while we're at it? Um, no, I think if they feel like if they can get good enough blocking from their tight ends that they can make him obsolete, then I certainly think that those other four guys, uh, you know, Schultz, Ferguson, McEwen, and Hendershot are are yep. more likely to be the guys that they keep on the roster. And maybe maybe what they do is they cut them and you know find a way to bring them back or something if they need him or something. He, or... I, I guarantee you, he's one of these guys that you could cut, play week one and bring him back, and then just kind of play him week by week if you needed to, right? Like once you put some guys on IR or whatever you decide to do. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case at all because there's just not going to be a big market for Jeremy Sprinkle. A keep keep his name in the Rolodex sort of yes. situation. Yeah, yep. uh, a couple other players, um, Kelvin Joseph and Nation Wright. Listen, I know Kelvin Joseph gave up a touchdown. I know Nation Wright gave up some plays down the field. I didn't think either of those guys were as bad as what Cowboys Twitter wanted to make it seem. I actually thought Nation Wright had some really impressive tackling uh, tackles. You know, there was one play they ran. Denver ran like a little wide receiver screen to the left hand side in the safety blitzed in and basically left nation right on an island by himself and he made a fantastic tackle and i know people don't care about that if you're getting beat down the field but i just don't think those guys play nearly as bad as what everybody's saying i agree i i I think that first of all um you know some of these down the field pass stuff it's like you know i mean you, you don't have your best pass rush out there they don't have their best pass blockers out there but it's also like you know, you can't ask these guys to cover forever. Well, second of all, it, it's not like these guys were getting burnt. You well, know? It's not say, like here's Kelvin Joseph's numbers. You ready? He yeah. was targeted five times. He allowed three catches for 15 yards and one touchdown. And I don't know what he could have done on the touchdown considering where he lined up. It was, it's a really tough sp- spot for him. He challenged the catch. The guy made a great play. It happens. And, and it happened the same thing with 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 Wright too on, on the touchdown where he was in position. He, he just needs to find the ball a little bit better than he did. And and like look, look, I mean that's the thing. Each of them, even on their touchdowns, look at what Joseph did on that touchdown. Like it, it didn't work out, but I love the way he was able to get his hand between the the player and the ball and try to separate as they came down. Like he did things correctly. It just it didn't work out. And and Wright, you know, he had that kind of. I mean, I'm just another ticky tacky penalty, frankly, especially considering what their DBs were doing to Jalen Tolbert at that yeah. point in the game. I couldn't believe they called that right penalty. I thought, you know, again, I've seen. I thought bad Joseph played better than right, though, just to be clear. Uh, oh, absolutely. But I, I mean, again, I've seen bad cornerback play before. <laughs> like it, this wasn't. It, they gave up plays, but it wasn't like they were being toasted 
Like, you know what I'm saying? Like they were in yeah. coverage. They're in sync. There's so many different times that they were in alignment with the guy and they just, it, the play just didn't work out. So do they need to finish better, especially nation, right? I would say, yeah, they do. But I, I think that that's, you know, people were watching that game and and they're like, yeah, I just, maybe we should move Nation right to, sin- to safety. And it's like it's one preseason game, guys. Like let's let's let these guys develop. Like yeah. getting into these games is development for Joseph and Ryan. Yeah. They're they're still so young in their career, so uh, I, I still feel really good about how they played. I I, I know that may be an unpopular opinion, but I, I mean, if you take both of their uh, uh, situations as a whole. And again, especially Joseph, I thought Joseph played good football. He, you know, just gave up one play really. And, and, and if you look at the other little things, the way that they uh, rallied to tackle the way that they, uh, you know, were in phase with these guys for a lot of these times, a lot the throws that they didn't make because they were covering these guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that overall they played much, much better than the perception out there. Um, but you know, again, that's kind of what the conjecture is of preseason games. So I guess it's not shocking. Uh, I just wanted to mention Quentin Bohana really quickly. He yeah. played 22 snaps. He actually had three stops in this game. He also had a pressure. Um, I thought he played, I thought he played really well in limited time. And then Marquis Bell, um, he had a, a, an incredible hit on the quarterback, uh, down in the red zone. He was flying all over the field. Just thought those guys made some plays. I was excited. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think you know Gallimore had some good some good rushes as well, especially early on. I think he had a, a nice tackle for loss. Um, I think we do need to talk about the offensive tackle situation, right? Like, I do think that. Yeah, I, I sorry, I forgot to mention them. No, I mean, I, I think Ball, you know, had some pretty good uh, snaps early on, and then as the game started to go on, it just started to really deteriorate a lot. Um, and, you know, he got away with some stuff early, meaning like, you know, um, not holding, but like blocking a guy who got past him, but the play was over, you know, that sort of thing. But uh, I think it's, it, you know, the Cowboys need to figure out what they're doing. I, I would like to know what the Cowboys plan is at the tackle position, you know, because I think that they have I one, but they're not him, telling us. I think having him try to be a swing tackle is too much. Now, if they want him to be true. like the permanent right, backup right tackle. I could live with that. I actually think that would suit his skill set a little bit better, but I just just don't think he's a left tackle, man. I don't. Yeah. I don't think the ball had a terrible, terrible night. I think that he, for, I mean, we got to put it in the context of what these players are. Right. And for what, what we've seen from him, I thought he had a pretty decent night. I just think that this is too much of an ass to move him full-time to left tackle, give him all the, he, they're trying to give him all these reps at left tackle. Cause he didn't take any left tackle snaps during the spring. So I just think you move him back to right tackle and then you figure out what you're doing at left tackle, whether that's uh, Tyler Smith kick out or you're signing a guy off the street, that's fine. But I don't think that you can suddenly just make ball the swing tackle. It clearly is not going to work during the season. Yeah. It's a little overwhelming for him, Um, but that's all the guys I have. Anybody else you wanted to mention before we head out? Um, No, I just think that, you know, it's a lot of, I just want to remind everyone, you know, it's, it's a lot of trying to study specific players doing specific things. That's the best way to kind of get the analysis out of these, out of these preseason games, especially when there's no starters or any kind of, of, Can, we I, fool I, ourselves into thinking this is a real game. This, these are not real games. No one's scheming. No one's No one's actually trying to but, win. If, pe- if people were actually worried about the score, then why wouldn't you put in your best players? Beyond like, that. You know what I'm saying? Beyond that. Pre- every team has different goals in the preseason. Yeah. Like I, 
I watched. Uh, I'm, I'm a sick person. I watched almost every preseason game this weekend because it's what I do. Football. And like Baltimore, Baltimore loves to win these preseason games because they want to set a culture of hey, we want to win every single thing we do. I watched Pittsburgh. They were clearly designing things on offense to get their conf- get the quarterback's confidence up because Trubisky and Rudolph and Kenny Pickett have had not had good uh, you know training camp practices. I think Dallas wants to. Re- they really wanted to work on. Let's work on our run game. And you could see it. Like they were trying a, a ton of different run game stuff. I think they want to be more physical up front. And let's just make sure that we minimize injuries. They had 30 guys sit out of this game, right? Yeah. Yeah. Every team has. I saw the Giants, Wink Martindale was sending blitzes, like safety blitzes against the yeah. Patriots. Like, why? Uh, what are we trying to do here? So just, just remember that the goal in these games is not to win for every team. They're all working on things. Yeah, and that's that is something that is very important. Is that winning is is secondary here because ultimately the wins don't ma- matter. You're trying to get yourself prepared for winning in the regular season. So, uh, you know, and they had different goals. Uh, like yeah. Mike McCarthy, Mike McCarthy might have been thrilled with the way the game gone if the Cowboys were just a little bit better at running the ball. If they could cut down a couple more penalties on offense, who cares about the score? If they accomplish their goal of improving the run game, that's all that really matters to them. And I thought the run game overall looked really good. I, yeah, I thought, it, you know, and, and, and the defense too, run defense early on. And again, if, if we're trying to glean like team-wide stuff from here, I certainly wouldn't recommend looking past anything for the first half of the first quarter. Because anything beyond that, like you're subbing in guys who may not play football, may not be playing football, you know, a, a, a few weeks from now. So um, I think it's important to try to kind of have a list of things that you want to look at, very specific things. Mm-hmm. Uh, technique things on these players if you're trying to glean like how good the team's going to be or you know team-wide uh, trends uh, based on a what is now less than an exhibition especially considering what they did with the uh, mutual practices the previous week uh, you're just going to have a bad time so exactly. uh, I, that's how we are that's how it is with the, with the, the preseason nowadays unfortunately all right that is it for today's show thank you for making lockdown cowboys your first listen today now make Locked On Fantasy Football your second listen. Find the intellectual fantasy expert, Vinny Iyer, who brings over 20 years of NFL expertise in a unique angle to give you the moves no one else has. Get ready for your fantasy drafts with Locked On Fantasy Football. You can listen to the Locked On Cowboys podcast wherever you get podcasts. Also check us out on YouTube. You can follow the show at Locked On Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. We'll see you guys next time.